Listen to the show and peep what these dudes bring If you didn't know it's an orange and blue thing Hope to win the championship in a few rings We're talking baseball It's an orange and blue thing Walk off if the game's tied like shoestrings It's a Mets podcast, orange and blue thing Beat the other team with defense in a few swings LFGM, it's an orange and blue thing What's up Mets fans? Welcome back to Orange and Blue Thing I am Darren Mean, and that's Pete McCarthy. What's up, Pete? What's going on? How we doing? You know what? Last week was our season four premiere, and I don't think I said either of our names. <laughs> what people I mean, just know once it's season four, right? I guess. Maybe we've got some new people, new listeners, new viewers. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to the girl, the lady behind the non-glass here. What's up, Lizzie? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Holding down the fort? I sure am. All right, so here we are. We are 30 days away from opening day the spring training games are in full swing we were out there in port st Lucie, the not so new but new clover park they got some uh, big upgrades there in the ballpark which we'll get to in a little bit but it was cool to be down there we were talking about it before we went live here about the you know the game in general and the Mets scored three in the first and after that it was pretty flat so the run buckets do start to take over a little bit and once the starters get pulled you are kind of just there enjoying your time at the ballpark. It's spring training baseball. Yeah. It, it is. You watch two innings. Oh, baseball's back. And then everyone's number is 89 and above. And you kind of check out a little bit afterwards. I, I can't say that I tuned in at all. I was running around a little bit this weekend. But I didn't tune in at all to the spring training games. And look, there's like two things that matter this entire spring training that you could see in the games when you want to assess what his plays defense and how guys like Edwin Diaz and Jarius Familia look in the bullpen. Other than that, I don't care if Pete Alonso hits 120. I don't care if uh, Jacob deGrom has a 72 ERA in spring training. Like, some of this stuff just doesn't matter that much. I mean, Steven Matz gives up a first-inning home run. Who cares? Right, like, right, it's right. not going to make or break him uh, going forward here. So, look, that's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, there's only so much excitement you still get at this point at seeing Tim Tebow up at the plate, you know? Yeah, he did have one at bat. He struck out. You know, big whoop. It's, you didn't what even is, realize he was at the plate when you actually, were at the game. I had to look it up. I, I was, you know, I mean, I was, if that's not getting any kind of a, <laughs> a buzz at this point, I don't know what is at these spring training games. This is his third go around, I think. Right, his third. Well, uh, you know, invite at to least, spring, yeah. spring training. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if this is finally the year for Tebow. I don't think so, but um, yeah, like you said, you know, certain guys you want to see, uh, you know, individual victories. Hopefully, they look good and sharp for the season. But I think Degrom, I think, is throwing a simulated game today. I think I just read Diaz is going to be in a game tomorrow. Um, so it didn't bother you at all that I know I saw Twitter was a little up in arms. There was someone I don't know the guy's name. I should have wrote it down. Wearing the number five uh, down in a game. I think it was yesterday. So or maybe it was Sunday. So some people think you know the number five should be sacred. You know it's going to one day be retired by the Mets. I don't know when, but uh, it doesn't really bother me that there's a minor leaguer wearing number five. I wouldn't have put that number out. I'll, I'll say I, I'm not going to say I'm bothered by it or it can't ever happen. But if I was the equipment manager, I would not have given anybody the number five. No. Okay. So maybe 55 or 15 if you're if you're. There's a lot of five. numbers. There's 100 numbers. There's not yeah, that yeah, yeah. many retired by the Mets. Right. You know, let's go. There's not that many guys in camp that you have to go to that degree. Give them 93 and be done with it. That's the way it goes this time of year. 
If you want to chat, we are, if you're watching afterwards, you know, last week was a new thing for us. We went on IGTV. So if you're watching this afterwards, clearly that's not live. So don't call if you're watching on Instagram. But <laughs> if you're watching live on Facebook or Twitter and you want to chime in, 631-388-5195 is the number to dial. But if you are watching afterwards, just like we did last week, the share contest this week, we're going we're gonna to do something a little differently, Pete. Like, we picked the instant winners, basically, on Instagram, not on Facebook and Twitter. But Instagram, we're going to do a new thing where we let that share contest run for the week. Because Instagram, you know, people watch on their, uh, when they can. And um, when we do our share contest, just like we're doing today with our friends at FOCO, you'll have a full week to comment on the video to be eligible for this week's giveaway. So shout out to our friends at FOCO. This week, we are giving away three of the Jacob deGrom Cy Young bobbleheads, one on Twitter, one on Facebook, and one on Instagram. So if you don't win, you could always go to FOCO.com and buy one. This one's up as a pre-sale right now. It's $50 a pop. And you could also check out all the other stuff that FOCO has to, has to offer because they're hooking you guys up with a special promo code. So go to FOCO.com. Type in Mets, scroll around, or maybe you got a family member who is not a Mets fan and you're somehow still friends with them. But uh, go to <laughs> foco.com and shop and use the special promo code, which is, uh, what is it? It is LFGM10, and that gets you 10% off of everything on foco.com. But if you want to be in the running for this Jacob deGrom Cy Young bobblehead, Click right now, the share button on Facebook. Retweet if you're watching on Twitter or Periscope. And if you want to win on Instagram, very, very easy if you're watching on Instagram. Type, I want that Jacob deGrom at Foco USA bobblehead as a comment, and you'll be automatically entered to win. And like I just Seems said. kind of forward. Just, I want that. I want it. I want that. Well, we got to be able to, you know, read through the comments and see who's looking for something for free. Oh, I know. So if you're watching on live right now, you still have an extra chance to win. Go over to Instagram. You're listening afterwards on a podcast platform. Which someone asked yesterday, where can I listen to you guys? And I saw you chimed in. Pretty much everywhere. You can pretty much find us everywhere. You could ask Alexa to play the latest latest episode. Uh, clearly, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, all that. So, uh, like I said last week, I feel like we're more of a visual show. But uh, those downloads count as well. You know, maybe you're traveling down to spring training or you don't have the uh, luxury to watch live or even as a replay. Pop on the podcast and uh, join the convo. So, um, spring training. Spring training opening. Have you gone down to spring training ever as a fan? I Never as a fan. I've been down for work to the Mets twice. So, I went once when I was at MLB.com and it's like photo day. So, you get up oh, yeah, at yeah, yeah. 4 o'clock in the morning, show up and interviewed some of the players. It was the day Johan Santana put a trash can over his head and that became the back page of the post, if you can remember that. Uh, and then the other time I went down was when I was at WOR and I actually called a game with Howie in oh, the no radio way. booth. Yeah, because Wayne Randazzo and Josh Lewin were doing basketball at the time so they didn't have anybody to call the game with Howie so I got to do that and That's I actually neat. did play by play for a couple of half innings which was like the thrill of a lifetime uh, especially to do it next to Howie so that was amazing that's gotta be so nerve-wracking it was a little nerve-wracking the whole day the day before I mean all of it uh so it, it was it was fun though it was cool I'll always have that tape that audio that lives somewhere on a couple of external hard drives so that it, it doesn't go anywhere but um, but yeah, those were my experiences down there, but I never was able to just go and straight up hang out. Relax. Yeah. You know, and so I, I was near that bar that they have in left field and then uh, went to the bowling alley with the seven line oh, yeah, that's right, that's uh, right. for a little bit. That, that was the night. same year then that you did play by play. So that was like three years ago, two yeah, or three years ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it was the same year. So, uh, so yes, th- that was those are the times I've been down there. But I've never experienced it. You know, just hanging out on vacation, taking in a ball game, and and all of that. Like, uh, you know, you it's guys like had the came, opportunity to do this weekend. When you came to the outing last year and, you know, you got the, the cape and you're, you're, you know, kicking back, relaxing, and that's a little bit different for you. So uh, let me ask you, how much different is it preparing for just a, a, a show on the fan overnight, let's say, compared to the day before you were prepping for that spring training game? Yeah, how is it different? Well, I mean, you just have to know a little bit about all the players. In a spring training game, like, anybody could end up in the batter's box. So, you know, I, I'm working with Howie, and Howie's amazing. So we had guests in the booth. So Sandy Alderson was the general manager at the time. He comes in the booth, and Howie's calling what's happening on the field, interviewing Sandy Alderson at the same time. And then the Nationals are playing like, you know, their eighth team. Yeah. So he's ripping through the media guide at the same time to figure out who the heck these guys are and to say something about them. I mean, it's like watching a maestro at work, like three different levels all going on at the same time. And it's absolutely seamless if you're listening at home, but I'm watching him, you know, Mm -hmm. put all of this together. I'm like, oh, I should probably be helping right now in some way, (laughs) at least say who's at the plate or something along those lines. But, uh, you know, you just stay out of the way when uh, he's operating the way he was. But uh, it's... uh, you know, it's amazing, but yeah, it's a, it's a different kind of prep, and you got to be able to tell stories about the guys that are there, and obviously just inform people on what's happening in the game. Whereas, you know, a talk show, you're looking for talking points, conversational points, things to argue about. Yeah, so yeah, it's just yeah. a different kind of you know show or however you want to put a broadcast that you're putting on. Well, speaking of Howie, the voice of the Mets, uh, he emceed the um, the ribbon cutting ceremony at a Clover Park on Saturday morning, and. Um, There was a bunch of people in attendance, a lot of the different companies that helped with the reconstruction. And um, as I'm walking up to the ballpark, um, you know, that morning, I made a joke to some friends. I'm like, you know what? I I guarantee you we're going to hear like a screw gun or a jackhammer at any point because they're not done yet. You know, and I swear on anything in the world, as soon as I finished that sentence, I hear (laughs) like they're like screwing something in like. They, but you know what? Walking around it, nothing looked unfinished to me. Like everything was open. Of course, they're going to have the bars open. They're not going to lose that revenue on opening day. But the addition, I put some stuff on Twitter and I put up something last night of a few different clips on Instagram of pretty much like an unedited like vlog style of just all my clips. So if you care, go on uh, the Seven Lines Instagram account. But um, the biggest improvement that I think besides the new entrance behind home plate is down the left field line. It used to be that tiki bar, which they got rid of. And then there were some picnic tables and then it just stopped about, you know, 20 feet or so from the outfield wall. Now they built a walkway that goes all the way around to left, almost to left center. And that's where that brand new giant bar is. That's also a Jim beam bourbon bar. So it looks exactly like the one at city field, um, which is smart on them. They're kind of making the stadiums look very similar now with the signage and everything. But from there, if you looked left, they moved the practice facility fields clo- as close as you could possibly get. Mm-hmm. So you can watch the guys, you know, the minor leaguers or whoever it might be in the backfields at the exact same time as watching the game. It's great. It was a really great addition. And it seems that, that makes practice more efficient for the players when they're working out, where they're not so going close. field to field and have long walks in between. And they're talking about, you know, some of the uh, efficiency that goes a, a part of that. And I, I saw I've just quoted in one of the papers, Jeff Wilpon said, hey, even Noah Syndergaard approved of the whole thing and, you know, <laughs> said you guys actually got this right. So, you know, I guess it's good for the players. 
players. It's good for the fans. You're closer to those fields, closer to the players. So, you know, that's what's cool about spring training is if you're able to go not so much for the games, but the practices, you know, even before the games start, and you can walk around those backfields of guys working on bunting or bunting defense or pitchers, you know, pitching fielding practice. And it's not the most exciting drills in the world. It's just the fact that you are right there. It's like being at a little league field and you're up against the, yeah. you know, the fence and the players are right in front of you. So I think, you know, the opportunity to get that close and the players are kind of walking around in the areas that you are, at least they used to. I don't know if it's set up exactly the same now, uh, but it that's to me is really cool. You're right there as guys are, you know, going through the paces and trying to get ready. I almost like that better, to be honest. So like the going to the games is fun, you know, hanging out 1200 strong in the berm is great. But like you said, if you have a chance, if you're watching this or maybe you plan on to in the future, go to the spring training, definitely try to set some time either to get there a couple of days before the game start or get there super early where you can go in the backfields. Cause I think they open that up every single day. So the backfield stuff is great. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we didn't really, this is now rewinding a couple of weeks here, but we didn't talk touch on this at all last week. With the renovations, mm-hmm. they did upgrade the Mets locker room. So how did, I don't know if people listening or watching understand what I'm talking about here. So the Mets got an updated locker room where it looks similar to what they, they're used to at City Field. So mm-hmm. it's not as spring training-esque with it being like bare bones locker room. So and the old one looked like something out of major league. Right. Like it was It's a huge upgrade for them. Yes. It, it was just, you know, metal cages and those were the lockers and now it's an immaculate palace right, uh, right. for with fifty lockers so you can handle all the spring training guys that are in there. I mean the pictures of it really look looks great. Amazing. But yeah. the one rule they have is that once these guys break camp and go up to City Field mm-hmm. The St. Lucie Mets team will not be able to use that. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it seems kind of silly to me. I mean, you might as well let the players use the space that's there rather than have a secondary locker room. And the thought process, they have to earn their way to that spot. But so few of the guys have a realistic chance of earning their way there. I mean, I don't know what the secondary locker room looks like. I think there were some pictures taken of it. It's not as bad as as it used to be. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if you have this immaculate locker room, I mean, might as well use it. I don't know. I, I, I understand where the players are coming from. They don't get paid very well. Hopefully that gets changed. Well, I didn't changed. hear any of the players complaining. A few, a I, few chipped, uh, chimed in. Like, oh, okay. we, we already know we have to earn it. We're eating, like, ham sandwiches with one piece of cheese for our lunches cause, and sleeping with six guys in a one-bedroom apartment. Like, these guys are roughing it, and, you know, it is definitely a struggle. It is a grind. And, you know, we talked about last year, Jeff McNeil was, like, a roofer or something in the yeah. offseason. A lot of these guys have extra jobs. I, I, but You could spin it the other way, too, like getting a taste of what it might be like in the big leagues, and then you go to, say, double-A Binghamton or the next stop, high-A Columbia, I think that would be like, oh, I liked that life. I <laughs> liked back that clubhouse. It. Let's see if I can get all the way up and get there. You know, maybe not get back demoted to Port St. Lucie, but, you know, charge through the right way. I think you can give guys a taste of it, and that'll make them, you know, realize what they – might be missing out on or what they can attain making it to the major league level so i think you can spin that motivation aspect of it either way speaking of a taste i know it is only tuesday at a little after noon but i think i want to crack open this Coors light if i uh if i might say so myself cheers to you guys boom boom cheers cheers pete cheers lizzie lizzie's drinking this week cheers i sure am we're all in Coors light cure of migraines my favorite beer it is it worked last week uh yeah, it, it cured 
Pete's migraine last migraine last week, and that was no bullshit too. Before the show started, I'm like, "Are you doing all right, man? You're rubbing your 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 head." I'm like, "Man, I don't know if Pete looks too hot today for the show." But you powered through and and Gotta play her. <laughs> Coors Light helped you out, so we do have some fun stuff playing with Coors Light. Uh, we will be talking about that in the coming weeks. So until then. Uh, I don't know. Until then, whatever. So uh, definitely share the show if you want to be in the running for this awesome bobble from our friends at FOCO. It is the Jacob deGrom Cy Young bobblehead, and it could be yours if you share the show on Facebook or Twitter or retweet. I mean, or uh, comment if you're watching on Instagram. It's very easy. And if you don't win, just go to FOCO's website and purchase one for yourself, you freeloader. It's uh, LFGM10 for 10% off. So uh, speaking of beer, Hop Life, we were there on Friday night. Our friends from Dugout Mugs were there. And every single mug they brought, they sold. Um, I was a little nervous because, you know, we're, it's a new, new partnership with them. And I wasn't exactly sure, um, you know, how many they should bring. And they told me the number and they brought them and they were sold out. So shout out to them. And um, a lot of the fans that were there were asking when we are going to be getting our own mugs on our site and they are being worked on now and we hope to have them in the next week or so so if you're watching live the ones on the left are up for purchase on their website it's the pete alonzo and the jacob de mugs on the right you could see the lgm logo that we've been using for a couple years we're making the bat mugs and also the wine mugs um they'll be up for grabs on our site wine mugs is like medieval it's great Drinking wine out of a it's, wooden it's, i mean that's it, pretty what cool. are they called like goblets or something the, the big yeah. the big ones well yeah. they call it yeah. wind up on their chalice i may actually use the the wine mug instead of the the beer mug just to just because it looks cool so i like them uh head on over to dugoutmugs.com they're running that same great special as last week which was OABT 25 for 25% off anything on their site. They got a lot of great options up there. Like I just said, the Pete Alonzo and the Jacob DeGrom mug. They are the only uh, bat mug in uh, in existence that have both the MLB, uh, MLB rights, the minor league rights, the Hall of Fame rights, and the player rights. So um, definitely hop on over, check them out. Awesome company. It was really fun hanging out with Chris and Randall at Hop Life. And uh, they actually came to the game as well on, on Saturday. I had a couple extra tickets, so I floated them the tickets, and they came to hang out to see uh, what the crew was all about. That's fun. They definitely had a good time out there. So dugoutmugs.com, OABT, 25, 25% off, and I'm definitely super excited to get these mugs in. Um, the What was I going to say? The other thing I wanted to touch on, though, about spring training, you were saying um, – you know, uh, I don't know if the excitement level may have been down because of weather-wise. I mean, Friday was miserable. Friday was like the worst spring training weather I've ever been a part of. I've been going down for like eight, nine years now. It was cold. I was wearing jeans and a jacket. I was like, this is Florida. Mm -mm. So spring training opening day comes around the next day. And it wasn't, honestly, it was probably the, the most beautiful day I've had out there. It wasn't super hot. But the ballpark was pretty empty which I don't know if anyone noticed that either on the radio, the sounds of the of the game with Howie and Wayne or watching on SNY. I don't know if you watched. I know Pete said he missed it, but the left field lines were like all open. Mm. The uh, A lot of open seats, and um, it was kind of weird to see because I feel like new ballpark smell, even though it's just minor details and it being opening day, that it would have been a little bit more busy, but I don't know. Right, if it's a, you said it was like 71 it was degrees, great. which for Florida – might be i don't know 50 <laughs> for yeah, us right? I, I don't but uh you would think you know people would be 
out there. I, you know, I haven't been down there enough to know exactly what it's typically it's like. I don't think Tebow is the draw that he was, as we were kind of talking about and alluding to. Like you didn't realize when he was at the plate, if he's not the event, then right, what are you there right, to right, see? Right. Especially early on in spring training when you don't have the star players typically out there on the field, and if they are. They play, what, three innings, the position players, the pitchers going one inning, and then he's done. So, you know, the better games, if you want to see the star power, are going to be a little later in in spring training as well. But I got a question. So they got rid of the Tiki Bar. They put some new thing out in left field, like a new bar? Was yeah, that that's a- that giant one. That's the Jim Beam Bar. bar. Okay. I mean, the Tiki Bar was cool, but, uh, you know, when I walked by, I didn't realize how small it was. Like, the footprint of it, it's you can kind of see where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple girls used to always work back there and, you know, getting through those rum buckets. Like, it was always mobbed over there in that corner. And it kind of ended up being such like a log jam of people trying to walk by to their seats where you couldn't really get past because of the, the spot of that bar. But uh, that new addition out in the left, I don't know if they're going to put um, any bar stools out there, but during BP, I was, I stood out there for a little bit and like five home runs came out there. So that's like the oh. new hot spot to hang out before the game or even during the game. Maybe that's where they were. Maybe that's why people weren't in their seats. They're hanging out in the new spot in left field. There you go. Well, I gotta find out more about these rum buckets because I kept seeing them being talked about on social. I don't drink them. Oh, I don't partake. So I did in the first. Have my you first, ever? Are they I dangerous? Had, yeah, I guess. I uh, I had one my first year. Uh, two. The first one went down great. The second one had like a bunch of fruit flies in it, and I was like, "All right, <laughs> I'm done on the rum buckets." Mm. Uh, it's just from, protein for my life. Yeah, but yeah, balance they, it out. They knock them down, man. It's I posted the video. Um, I think the video had it at like three thirty three, but it went to like four ten or so in rum buckets. And you add that shit up, that's a lot of freaking money. That's a lot of rum too. So for that many people to uh, knock <laughs> people down four hundred and ten rum buckets, yeah, I think it ended up being four ten. Uh, it's a lot. Oh, but get, listen to this. Remember the wristbands? Yeah. I don't know if the Mets, maybe they don't even know this, but the wristbands. So we got this early entry wristband. Uh, so once they cut the ribbon, we were allowed to go in first. And for an hour, they did, I think it was $2 off of uh, Bud Lights. And it was supposed to be, no, no, it was a dollar off of Bud Lights. It was supposed to be $2 off the rum buckets. How much do you think a rum bucket is full price? 12 bucks? I, I, think, it's, it I think it's like, 18 okay and then a lot of people opt for the extra two dollars for the floater so the well, that's up, just common sense that you got to get the floater for only two dollars extra well when yeah. i got one for kel i was like she doesn't need the floater like you know just give her the regular one and uh i go there and i i, I bought i think i bought four and a beer for myself and I got the bill, whatever, I signed it. The person behind me was like, oh, is that special over? And I said, yeah, it's over. It's, it was only the first hour. They were doing 50% off. I don't even think they knew. 50? 5 They were charging $9 for the rum buckets. Mm. Oops. So sorry, St. Lucie Mets, but somebody screwed up. So for the first, I mean, it's a new ballpark. Maybe they had a new system. So they're hitting the screen, and they were charging $9 for the rum buckets. Ooh. So that's a lot of lost money out there for the Mets. So uh, well, it gets you toasty if you're uh, you realize the error. Well, that happened up in Boston too. Remember? Yeah. No, so, that, no, that was the the ticket had the, the voucher. Ticket va- so a lot of these these but ballparks, that of course didn't happen to my ticket. It did for me. I know. Uh, we were supposed to get like a thirty dollar concession credit when we went up to Boston. Mm. I think mine had like eighty or ninety dollars on oh, it. Man. So I went up for two beers, get the receipt, and it says the balance in the bottom, like how many how much money you have left on your ticket. You you were so excited. You're like, <laughs> oh my god, guess what? Guess what? And I was a bunch like, of free stuff. Like we were just buying stuff just to buy it. I'm like, yeah. all right, I guess I'll get a pretzel. Yeah. I guess I'll get this. So, Every, a, a ton of people. Well also waters. The waters came in handy too because you know that game was so freaking hot. Um 
But sorry, Mets. I mean, for the first hour, they were doing half half price rum buckets. That's all right. Everybody made up for it for the next. I made up for it the night before. So Hop Life. No wonder people bought five hundred of these things. You know, <laughs> it's half price. Hop Life. Uh, I mean, Lizzie knows. I mean, I've probably only drank with Pete a couple times besides the show. But I don't really get. Like I don't overdo it. I don't like go out of control, especially quote, when like quote unquote tuned up. Yeah, don't get that, too, was, tuned that up. was that was well, especially like I'm in like in charge. You know, <laughs> yeah, like if course. anything's going on, I'm the only person down there like point of contact. So Sheriff Meenan, I'm at Hop Life, <laughs> and uh, I give my credit card to the bartender, and she's like, "Hey, what do you want?" I'm like, "Just give me an IPA and something easy uh, for Kelly." So I think she must have started me with like a double something, yeah, double, that's, whatever. That's my so kind like, of brew. I'm like pretty like. <laughs> I'm not whack, but I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good. From so, one? No, like a f- I had a few. Okay. But like, you know, you start your night yeah. with the 10%. I was like, shit, I'm kind of feeling it. So we close our tab out and we go to uh, a Mexican restaurant up the street. After that, like, I don't drink tequila either, but it was like two for one. Uh, you were drinking tequila? Margaritas? Who are you? I, <laughs> Kelly orders. She's like, I don't want two. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll have the second one. That was like, it was pretty. That'll get you going, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So I wrote this down in my in my notes. Is there a floater too? Uh, no, but you know that's like whatever. Tequila is not my thing. And after like the ten percent double IPA at Hop Life, the Uber driver, Trisha, our friend Trisha, says, "Hey, you coming to the game tomorrow?" She goes, "No, I got to work." She goes, "Oh, what do you do?" He goes, "I'm a uh, I'm a motocross trainer." There's a track. Oh God! Fifteen minutes from. It makes sense. Yeah, of course. There's a lot of tracks it's in Florida. Florida. But I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, There's, am I really drunk? Or is it like, do you really, are you really a motocross instructor? So, um, so then you I looked were it like, up. no, I looked it up. They rent dirt bikes. So next year, oh, I'm gosh. like, shit, I can extend my trip a couple of days, go down, bring my gear, helmet, and all that stuff. I can rent the dirt bike and do double duty where I can ride and also go to a spring training opening For day. For sure. That's fun. You should totally do that. I should. It's your dream place now. I know. Port St. Lucie. You got baseball. Yo, I'm retired. We're moving to Port St. Lucie. <laughs> That's it. Dirt bikes, it down. spring training. You got Duffy's. You got everything you need. Duffy's, uh, I could do without Duffy's. Um, I, I did go to Duffy's after the game on Saturday, though. Mandatory. So I don't worry. Totally shit on them. But, you know, it is. It's, at this point, there's other things to do in the area, and I've been yeah. going down so often that, like, how many times can you go to Duffy's? But um, I threw this out there on Saturday night, sitting around the pool, knocking some back before watching Supercross. Have you ever been on a cruise? No. Are, are Never you, will. Are you, really? Why? What do you mean why? Because the coronavirus? Yeah. I mean, look, something happens on the boat. You get stuck somewhere for two weeks. No, thank can you. I, I have you no s- desire to go on a I cruise. Can I tell you something? This stuff happens all the time. It's not just coronavirus. It's like something's in the food, something's wrong with this, that. You just get stuck on this boat forever. My sister no. was begging me for months to go on a cruise, and she wanted to go January, February, or March. And I was like, dude, that's like my busy, my busy time. I really can't take off a week or whatever it is. Please, please, please. Like, I'll, I'll pay for this. I'll pay for this. I'll give you a drink package. Like, all this stuff. Trying to bribe me. And then the the ship got quarantined. Because no way. Of the vi- no, not not the ship that we were supposed oh, okay, to be on. Okay. But, like, you know, all these different cruise ships. And I, and I called her one morning when I heard it on the news. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I would have killed you if well, we were ship- on one of these ships. And I've never been on a, sh- on a cruise ship. And I don't really like boats, so... For me. It's it's another. I love it, but there's yeah. it, you have to be prepared for. It. There's like a morgue on there. There's a jail on there. There's everything on there. I mean, you're in the middle of the ocean for days. That obviously oh they God. need to, <laughs> you know, if something bad happens. But um, anyway, 
It Besides, never does, though. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we never need the morgue or the hospital or the jail. I saw a guy get arrested. Yeah, you just I'm throw sure. him overboard. That's it. Boom. Like, <laughs> See you on, later. On our honeymoon. Vigilante justice. <laughs> International waters. No rules. There was this guy. I think his name was like Spanky or something like that on our on our honeymoon. He was from New Jersey. And Spanky from Jersey. His like kid was getting married, so there was like a wedding on the boat, and one of the guests got so whacked where they definitely got... in either arrested or like put in some type of like drunk tank on the boat it was crazy <laughs> but anyway it's like an eagles tank. game <laughs> besides the point oh i think that we could rent out an entire cruise ship i saw you tweet that and i was like this guy is out of his mind i think we could so i don't know how many you guys have fun <laughs> <laughs> listen we gotta do shows from there we're gonna be streaming i like i was sitting around at, at, at the pool and i'm sitting there with keith blacknick shout out qbc and we're saying i was just we were kind of having a meeting even though we didn't know we were having a meeting i'm talking about a cruise ship he's talking about qbc and i'm like there you there, go boom put it together there's some wrestling the QB cruise thing. you know you stage c from convention to cruise yeah. queen's baseball cruise well you're saying like qbc that's my contribution right but there. the c would be sea anyway so um i guess there's some wrestling thing that this guy jericho puts together where it was you pay to be on the boat but then the the event was there, like they had the ring on the boat. So, oh my God, oh, Gronk kill me! I mean, you can kill me before you put me on. We're that not talking shit. about you going on it. So, oh God. what if you take like uh, a Comic Con style, uh, you know, event mm-hmm. or a QBC style event, and you could pay? I don't know how much you have to pay these guys, but you pay a Mookie Wilson or a Daryl Strawberry sure. or to be on the boat, and they do like panels and signings and whatever, and then you link in like a Kevin James or a Jim Brewer to be like the nighttime entertainment. So it's like the whole boat is Mets related stuff, and you either start or end at a game in Miami. So you either go to a game on a Friday night in Miami. That Saturday you leave on the cruise. You go there for four or five days on the cruise, and you go home. Sign me up. What Makes do you think? Sense. That'll be my first cruise. I, are you coming, Pete? Yeah, I think about it. Really? I like a Mets cruise, but I'm I'm not I'm not very pro cruise as you might have heard. So, well, I'm I I haven't been on a cruise in a while. I'm I don't know if you know this. I've been basically like plant based since last summer. So I eat fish. I don't eat meat. I don't have dairy and whatever. So I don't know what I'd really eat on the cruise because it's constant like pizzas everywhere. It's like chicken fingers here, pizza. Like it's a it's basically well, you're a, running. It's it, all I'm sure inclusive. You can it's all inclusive. I know. But what am I gonna have? Salad for seven days. There's no probably like veggie burgers. On Salad the and tequila. I'm what else sure do you there need? Are. There's so many people that are vegetarian now. I'm sure that tequila they... and ten percent beers. You just bring a fishing rod and <laughs> catch something along the way. You know oh, that would be awesome. So uh, give us a shout if you want to chime in six three one three eight eight five one nine five again. Share the show if you want to be in the running for the Foco Jacob Degrom bobblehead. If you're not watching live, you're listening and you still want to be a winner, pop on over to our Instagram, IGTV, and comment on today's episode's video with I Want That Jacob DeGrom at Foco USA Bobblehead, and you'll be in the running. So again, we're going to run that for a week. So uh, next week, we're going back to Mondays. So I think we're going to be Mondays from here on out, um, just like we did last year. So you have from now until Monday to just go over to our Instagram account and uh, throw a comment our way if you want to be in the running. So back to some baseball talk. How about our boy Cespedes? Uh, Mr. Pete. He spoke. He did speak. <laughs> and, day. You, you know, I said last week, something. there's no way this is lasting uh, throughout the season. And he didn't he didn't say much. You know, he said just enough. And uh, yesterday, our Tim Riley put together a little thing here. And he said, you know what? 
He said what he had to say. I don't care if he speaks again from now until the end of the year. Just let his bat do the talking, and, you know, we'll go from there. So one of the reporters um, said, you know, how are you feeling 1 to 10? He replies 12, and instantly, like, let's well, go, let's go. It's <laughs> his motivation level. Right. But well, what, what was cool about it, too, is he answered it in English. He didn't have it translated for him. Yeah. And then he just instantly said 12. Let me that, see if I can get it here. That's what I'm at. Twelve. <laughs> yeah. No nonsense. Just the twelve. 12. I'm at twelve right now. Let's go. So look, he, he wants to express that he is motivated. He expressed the fact that he's motivated by a lot of the skepticism that people like me have about what he could do, considering all the injuries that he's had to his lower body, and that's fine. I mean, whatever riles him up, whatever gets him going, uh, that. That's all fine and good. Obviously, he's got a lot of financial implications here as well. You know, one thing I think is going to be really interesting is the way that his contract is now set up. He makes hundreds of thousands of dollars each time he hits certain benchmarks for either games played or plate appearances. And there's going to be an interesting balance here. Even if Cespedes is healthy and able to play left field, the Mets are going to want to protect him. Right. Like you're going to have to give him some days off. I think anybody would look at it and say that's going to be the case. You have a rookie manager in Luis Rojas. And if Cespedes is motivated financially to play as often as possible, especially if he's feeling good. I wonder what the push and pull is going to be like when they say, hey, you're going to have a maintenance day. And he's like, well, no, I feel fine. I want to play. I right, don't right, want to right, rack right. up as many plate appearances. And this is something that will go on all year. It's not like he just has to hit one number and then it's done. This will be throughout the season a potential issue if he is strictly focused on racking up as many dollars as possible. Um, but I, I just all of this is going to be a challenge to keep him healthy, to keep him on the field, and we still have to see if he can play left field regularly. He said he's 80% as far as running goes. He's running in zigzags now, so he's got that going, but he's not cleared to run the bases yet, so it's still a ways to go until he's going to be able to partake in a game and, more importantly, play left field consistently and show that he can do that. Like, as you said, motivation, uh, you know, also – those extra uh, incentives throughout the season. But how about an extra $5 million if he's ready for opening day? So that's got to be a sure uh, motivator as well. So So my understanding is that is prorated. That's what Tim Britton of The Athletic told me, is that that'll be a prorated amount. So it's not $5 million or nothing on opening day. It's just the, the longer it takes, the less that he gets of that $5 million. But clearly, he's going to be motivated to be on that roster opening day. He's going to want to play. And what I think will be interesting, because I've thought of it and said, look, even if he can't play left field, it's worth having him on the roster as a pinch hitter. And that would be all he would do. Forget about defense. He's going to pinch hit. He's going to hit the ball. You're going to take him out on the bases and then pinch run for him. And I think you could do that this year because you have the extra roster spot. It's a 26-man roster. Mm -hmm. And rather than having 15 pitchers or 13, you can utilize Cespedes as that extra guy. I think that's a big advantage. It's something that the Mets could do. But, you know, is that going to be enough for him and, you know, what his motivations might be? Because remember, it's not just about the incentives this year. Dude also wants to rack up his market value because he's going to be a free agent after the year as well. Well, yeah, this is it. I mean, this is, uh, you know, it's, I think for him, this is his last trial with the Mets either way. Either he has a great year or he doesn't. This is it. Um, Yeah, I don't think he'll be back no matter what. No. 
right? Because you look at the outfield, you're locked in with Nimmo and Conforto. You would think going forward, J.D. Davis, Dom Smith, potentially you want to have them in a role. I mean, it's already going to be a little messy to incorporate Cespedes with that. I'm still going to play Cespedes over Davis or Dom Smith in left field, no question about it, if Cespedes is healthy. But, yeah, I, I think this is the end of the road, especially, I mean, you, you can't think that he's all that thrilled with what happened here. And, yes, he's heard it on his branch. Yes, he's doing something that violates his contract, which is why the Mets acted the way that they did. But, you know, they're taking money away from him. And, I mean, I wouldn't, I would understand if he took that personally. He shouldn't, though. It's his fault. Like, no, I, I, I agree. I, I'm not saying that he's in the right. I'm just saying it's human nature, I think, to, you know, hey, uh, this I think is it's, an accident that happened. Uh, you know, why are you coming after this? Hey, look, Madison Bumgarner went out and hurt his shoulder in a motorcycle yeah. accident or a dirt bike accident or whatever boom, boom. it was. And, <laughs> you know, the Giants didn't go after his money, and that was clearly a violation they of should his have. contract. I mean, honestly, I feel like they should because like, you signed the contract. You know it's dangerous. You know you shouldn't be doing this or that. You shouldn't be riding motocross. You shouldn't be trying to hunt down boars or climbing trees and you know it, it's his fault and he he screwed up and you know he's got to pay the price sure. so i feel like you could certainly be disappointed that or he could be disappointed in himself for making okay. that decision but i don't think that it's you think that's human nature though like i i would think that there would be some you know hey you didn't have to do that in the moment i I don't know. No, I'm not talking about like. I, I, I'm not arguing here. that like, he didn't do anything wrong because yeah. he did something wrong. Clearly, legally, the whole thing. The judge came down. This is the way it was, it was sorted. So I'm not defending Cespedes, but just saying, you know, I do wonder what that relationship between Cespedes and the Mets is actually like right now. Cespedes didn't want to get into the past. He didn't want to talk about any of that stuff. He didn't want to tell the story of the boar. Didn't want to, you know, necessarily get too far into his relationship with, uh, you know, the organization. He said Brody Van Wagen and his relationship with him is fine. It's not as good as it was when Brody was his agent. But, well, clearly. <laughs> I mean, it's a little different, so there have been some changes there, but uh, he seemed to say that it's in a fine spot. But, you know, that realistically, you know, that could have been one of the reasons they didn't want to talk to the media. They didn't want to get into well, that aspect of it. Forget about just being, you know, the bore and what went wrong where he ended up, you know, putting his foot in a hole and breaking ankle, right. his ankle. And that, and that's what I was saying last week. I said, you know, maybe he meant that he didn't want to talk about the past, not not about the future and his training, whatever. But I feel like he has really no one to blame but himself. I'm a, I'm a suspicious guy. I hope he succeeds. Yeah. But as far as his money is concerned, uh, I think the Mets made the right call. And, and uh, you know, he's got to just live with that. But um, I do want to just another wacky story that was out in, in the – in the news the past couple of days. How about this Zamboni driver that steps in to be the third string backup goalie and actually gets his first NHL victory? What'd you say? He got 500 bucks? <laughs> yeah, I heard he got paid $500. 42 years old. See, I guess for hockey, and I don't know everything about this, but they have an emergency goalie in every arena, and you're the emergency guy for both teams. So if usually each team carries two goaltenders, if one of those goal, both of those goaltenders are hurt, unable to play, then they go to the emergency guy. And this dude, 42 years old, the Zamboni driver, went in, as you might expect, gave up goals on the first two shots against him, but then saved the next eight, and the Hurricanes won the game. Unbelievable. In part behind his play, they scored some goals for him too. But it's an amazing story. I mean, to just literally, I mean, it's like being plucked out of the crowd essentially and 
has to play in a game, partake in a game. I, I don't know how you get 500 bucks out of it. 500 I mean, hopefully, bucks? Hopefully Could he gets some kind break. of endorsement or yeah. movie deal. I don't know. Give the guy something. Hopefully the guys at least took him out to the bar afterwards. And it seems too good to be on. true. It seems it, very – it seems insane. Oh, it's amazing. But, uh, yeah, maybe the players kicked in. Maybe the, the goalie that he likes – you know, the other two goalies that got hurt maybe threw him a, uh, threw him a bone I there. I hope but. so. I think they should have brought him out, gotten some Dom Perignon. I mean, do it up big uh, that night at the very least. But that's he'll always have that. I mean, that's a it's a cool thing. It's kind of unique to hockey. I was comparing it to baseball, where if the catcher gets hurt, uh-huh. you have like that designated position player who's who, who, the emergency who be, catcher. Do you know? I think it's Jeff McNeil for the okay. Mets. So you have that emergency catcher. You never want to get to that point. But goalie is just such a different level. Like you can't just take a defenseman and say, "All right, strap on the gear and get back there." Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's it doesn't work as well. So it's I guess an they have this. Story system in place and yeah I, there are zamboni drivers apparently across the nhl just waiting for goalies <laughs> to get hurt so they can get their big break but then you also have to be in shape you know you're not hiring guy yeah. just sits there you know no you were saying this game was played in toronto um yeah it was it was in toronto i mean i figure everybody in toronto knows how to play a little goaltender right i mean it's, it's canada it's hockey so, that's that's what they do so we actually have a, a Hurricane fan online. So, Brian, uh, tell us a little bit about this game. You you were fired up for this? Yeah. I'm. A, hey, guys, thanks for taking my, my call. Thanks. Uh, I'm a Hurricanes fan. I live in Raleigh, but I'm, I'm, my, uh, my, my dad's uh, from New York, and I grew up in the Northeast, so I am a Mets fan, so watching the program, but uh, transplant. Uh, but, yeah, he actually got nothing. Uh, so he got, he got paid no money. To do this, when they go in, they sign what's basically a contract as a tryout. So basically, walking out of the arena, he gets he got a game puck, his stick, and his jersey that they sewed for him in the locker room. So as a oh. fan, though, I feel like I'd want to like I'd want to buy this guy's jersey now if I was a fan, or if I, you know if there's like a, an equivalent of the seven line for your hockey team. I feel like you'd Start have to go fund me. You'd have to know. eat this up right now. There has to be like Ayers T-shirts out there, you know. So yeah, nothing. so something cool. Yeah, something cool. The Hurricanes are doing, and, and they're a really classy organization, as far as I'm concerned. From NHL teams, they are selling, and this is right up your alley. They're selling jerseys, shirt jerseys, in go. the team store um, with his number ninety on it, and he's uh, actually a uh, kidney transplant survivor. Oh his my god! Gave him a kidney fifteen years ago. Um, and so the proceeds from all the sales of those shirts are being donated to a kidney transplant um, charity. That's all. I, I, That's that makes fantastic. me want to buy one. Yeah. I think I'm going to go buy one today. <laughs> yeah, you, well, they're hard to come by. I think they've already sold like four or 5,000 of them. So no way. I'm wow. going to the Hurricanes game tonight, um, and he's going to be like doing like some pregame stuff. And going to be in the building tonight. They're having like David Ayers Day. That's in that's Raleigh incredible. Today. They should so retire the guy, his number. Really awesome. All yeah, right, man. It's really cool. I do have a oh. I do have a Mets question. Oh sure, yeah, let's go. Hit it. So I'm uh, definitely excited about about the season and uh, what the guys are going to be doing. But uh, you know, given last year, I haven't heard a lot of talk about it. But um, one of my chief concerns is is the bullpen. You know, obviously it was so bad. Last year, I guess, you know, can you guys give some thoughts about if, if we really think some of these guys are going to bounce back and if Seth 
doesn't make the fifth starter job, you know, with Steven Matz and, and Waka, he's going to end up in the bullpen, you know, or Lugo's going to be in the pen. Happy? Like what's yeah. that dynamic going to be look like? Are these guys really going to be any better? Um, cause I think that could be a, a big, you know, I think they're going to score runs and I think DeGrom's going to do his thing, but would like to hear you guys' thoughts on that. And, Thanks for what you do. Enjoy your program, guys. Keep thanks, Brian. And thanks, Brian, for thanks, the call. Guys. We appreciate you, you know, cleaning up some things there with the hockey stuff that I wasn't up on. Uh, but as far as the Mets bullpen goes, this will decide their season. They, the Mets can hit. They have the starting pitching. All right, injuries could always be a concern. That's kind of the same old, same old. But the X factor for the Mets is this bullpen. It killed them last year. It was awful. And what's amazing to me is a lot of the projections, like if you look at the fan graphs projections and you know the different sites that do that, algorithms, however you want to put it, they all love the Mets bullpen. Some of them have had the Mets bullpen as top five in baseball because guys like Juris Familia and Edwin Diaz do have these terrific track records, even if they were horrendous last season. So they're expecting a bounce back. Look, a lot of this is going to be on Jeremy Hefner, uh, the new pitching coach, what he can get out of these guys. The thing that I think will be big, though, is Edwin Diaz, and he better get off to a good start because if Edwin Diaz, I, I said this a few times, if he throws a ball on his first pitch opening day at City Field, he's getting booed. Yeah. He might get booed when he runs out of the pen. Not by me. Well, I, I, you've been very supportive for the most part Goes last a long year, way. about 90% of last season. <laughs> but he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt. And as soon as something goes wrong, that whole stadium is going to be against him. And that's not easy to try to overcome. Forget about the fact that Diaz, his best pitch in Seattle was a slider, and he didn't have that pitch at all last year. So he's got to find that in spring training. That's one thing that I really want to see in these games. Is he getting swings and misses on that slider and not hanging it in the middle of the plate where he's giving up all those home runs? And then mentally... And emotionally, we'll have the fortitude to get through this season because it's not just like coming in with a clean slate like he did last year. Now he could be perfect in April and blow a save in May, and everyone's going to go, oh, right, here we right, go right, again. Right, it's right. going to be a big thing. So he's got a big hill to climb to get where he needs to go. It's been done. I don't know if there's a lot of examples in New York, especially closers where you know, basically you're 100% success or you're a failure, right? You only get talked about or heard from when you blow a save as a closer. Right, right, right. You're expected to lock down every lead that you get. It's a, it's a tough position for a guy to be in. I mean, think back to the greatest closers in Mets history. John Franco, you, you mentioned his name to any Met fan, and they first go, oh, that guy gave me heart attacks. Right, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're, we're hard on closers. It's not an easy position, not right. with this team, not with the culture. And now you have a guy who was horrendous last year, gave up 15 home runs in the ninth inning, and, and yeah, that'll be something else. And the other part, I'll just chime in real quick. Joel Sherman, I believe it was in the Post, said an interesting story today that the Mets might mix things up with the fifth starter spot. So depending on the matchup, they could go with Mats, they could go with Waka. Let's say a lefty might be better against a left-handed lineup versus a right-hander. And the other thing they might do is use Seth Lugo as an opener. Mm. So Lugo wants to start. It's right. not going to happen. But he could theoretically start, throw two or three innings, and then they could go to Mats or Waka, and that's something that some other teams have had success with. And that's obviously if everybody is healthy. But that's another way that Lugo maybe kind of starts games, but surely not in the way that he desires. Clearly, clearly there's always a lot of moving pieces, and health is, is the number one. But, I mean, if these guys are all on, you got Lugo, Familia, Diaz, and Batances in the bullpen, I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. But It's it, good on paper, 
and it's an every other year. Familiar for, lost 30 pounds, yeah, all right? Yeah. So you hope that that bounces him back. But uh, look, you have a rookie manager who's got to put these guys in their proper roles. It's not It's not easy. It sunk the season last year, and it has to be better, and it's essentially the same guys with the addition of Batances. So let's hit one uh, question from Twitter. We asked uh, the fans if they wanted to chime in, and they can't call in to uh, hit us up on Twitter. We have a, a Twitter account for the show. It's Orange Blue Thing. And this one, I'll just rapid questions for uh, Pete, I guess. Who is in the most starting lineups this season, Cespedes, Cano, or Dom Smith? That's from uh, at TJ the Headphoned. Uh, Cano. Cano. Uh, Follow-up. Who has the most starts between Mats, Waka, and Porcello? Porcello. I think Porcello's going to be good. I, I like a guy who's been a career American leaguer coming to the National League. I think it gives you an edge, gives you an advantage. He's bounced back before from a rough season. He was bad last year in Boston. But I think Porcello's going to be a good, solid pitcher for this Mets team. And, and the reason I say Cano is, look, they're going to give him every opportunity to hold on to that job. He's going to be the everyday second baseman, and look, you'd be rotating Dom Smith, Ioannis Cespedes to some degree in left field. Dom could start in the minor leagues. They have Matt Adams brought in from Washington, where he was for a long time. He could be the backup first baseman and the bat off the bench, and the reason they would do that is to give Dom at-bats down at AAA, and then if he's needed, he could come up. He's still a young player. You don't want to bury him. It's just a pinch hitter, perhaps, uh, so definitely Cano on the first one. So this one is from uh, Stephanie Stephanie Lombardo, who calls us sometimes. Uh, I think she's from Jersey. So this question, I, I posed this question on the Seven Line Twitter account after the whole drunk on a parade float with Pete Alonzo. <laughs> so um, if you could hang out with one Met past or present, who would it be and why? Turk Wendell. And why? Why? Because he's nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he'd have good stories. I've, I've heard so many great stories about Turk Wendell over the years. Yeah. I would I would love to pick his brain about I mean, he got stuck like in the Rockies after he's chasing a mountain lion and <laughs> they were worried about his safety. I know it was a big thing like in uh, the winter one year with I, mean, I I've just heard enough things about Turk Wendell that I I would have some questions and he's someone that I've never had the opportunity to interview over yeah. the years that would be be a lot of fun. I know you got a taste of him at uh, at Mets yeah, camp this great. year. I think it's generational. I think you know to that question. I feel you know it really depends on what era you grew up watching. Some yeah. people said I want. I really wish I could have spent some time with like Gary Carter or you know someone who may not be with us anymore. Mm. Um, I feel like a night out with like Keith Hernandez would be even now without the crazy eighties would mm -hmm. still be entertaining because I feel like he's just nuts. <laughs> a good one. Like that story with uh, Ron Darling saying you know like him making fun of the guys in the in the elevator wearing Mets jerseys. I think just there'd be so many like one-liners. I feel like hanging out with Keith for a night would be very enjoyable. So uh, we are going to get to the share contest in just a second here, but don't forget that if you haven't done it yet, uh, share the show. And if you lose, go to foco.com and use the promo code LFGM10 for 10% off. Um, I like the Twitter questions. We should we yeah, should keep we should that, do that up. more often, right? I know that's work for you. You got to take them. Make nah, it just, screen worthy, screenshot it's, them and all that, but uh, I enjoy that. It's pretty easy. So we are going to get to the share contest in a couple seconds here, but uh, the Houston Astros are going to be in town tomorrow. The mm. Houston Asterix, or whatever you want to call them, mm. uh, their first game in Port St. Lucie. They both do share state down for spring training, and they play each other a lot. So tomorrow is their first time coming to Port St. Lucie. Uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, who had a garbage can on their head, you said? 
someone earlier? Oh, Johan Santana. I was thinking about like a, an Astros joke with that. So uh, <laughs> do you think that uh, there's been an, uh, a surge of like garbage can related costumes sold on Amazon lately? Or? Well, what I heard was when they played the Nationals in their first game, people were pounding the chairs no in the stadium to mimic the sound of a garbage can being hit with a bat. That's they hilarious. tell them to stop that or no? No. What are you going to do? I think that's something that you could hear all season long, potentially, those kinds of noisemakers, whatever. But every stadium, you just have the seat, bang right, right, it, right, right, and, right. and go from there. So the whole thing with the sign, I just if you're watching live, I did show this, this fella here with uh, the Houston uh, asterisks. And they do share a ballpark. So the Astros and the Nationals mm-hmm. share the same facility down there, I guess, uh, you know, depending on who's – I don't know if they have two sets of offices. I don't really know how it works. But – uh, someone from the Astros went down and confiscated this sign. So that just adds more fuel to this story. And I, honestly, I mean, I'm no stranger to bringing signs to games. I got kicked out of City Field once for a sign, or not so, not so much the sign, but more so the business. I don't card know why anybody's surprised. Afterwards, no, this is what the Astros do. But they steal signs. <laughs> they do steal signs, but this <laughs> this just adds to the whole story. And I feel like if I'm if I was going to the game tomorrow, granted it's not a home game for the Astros, I'd probably have a sign as well. So. This I feel like them not just ignoring it is going to fuel it even more. Yeah, I know. I don't. I this stuff never makes sense to me. It, it, why wouldn't you allow fans to have signs at a game? This has been going on forever. If it's not vulgar or profane, you know, something that you know, you're worried about children seeing or something along those lines. I I don't. I, I never understand when teams and organizations do this because you only bring more attention to whatever the sign was about because it inevitably becomes a story when this stuff is taken away. Like, just let the people have a sign. All right, don't hold it up while play is going on. You're blocking people's view, but between innings, put it up. The camera grabs it, put it on TV. Who cares? I mean, fine, it's out there. People feel this way. People are upset with the Houston Astros. You allow fans to vent, express it, then they get it out of their system and it's done you do this you take it away you upset people further and you you keep all of this going and going and going and that is i mean that's everything that the astros have done here i mean they could have put this thing to bed about 20 different times maybe wouldn't be completely to bed but they did not apologize at first they still don't seem very remorseful for what they did to win the world series so i look uh this will be a story all forever long forever because of the way that they have handled it to some degree. All right. So, Lizzie, get those names together. We are going to get to you in just one second. But I want to remind the fans that this Thursday – let me just change the shot here. This Thursday, we have a whole bunch of stuff coming out uh, from our friends at New Era. So, uh, head on over to thesetline.com. I will put up the the product shots today. I just haven't had a chance to do it yet. But we have a whole bunch of new hats coming out, the spring uh, the spring caps that we, we – uh, have available on our website they're going to go up on thursday at 10 a.m so we have a bunch of snapbacks a bunch of um adjustable caps and a stretch fit i know you guys said that you wanted more stretch fit stretch fits so we brought some more in 10 a.m on thursday don't forget set an alarm and uh once we sell these out we don't bring them back so you guys may have noticed like that blossom hat that blue one that was really popular once they're gone they're gone and that's it so definitely set yourself up with a reminder so lizzie without further ado can you select or tell us who you selected at random for the two share contest today. I'll start off with last week's Instagram winner. Okay. So that was Louis underscore pluck 
That's L O U I E underscore P L O C K. Congrats, so, Louis. Congrats, Louis. Uh, this week's Twitter winner is Warren G R P H, and his name is at U R I R X 98. So, congrats, Warren. And Facebook, we have Wayne Hansbury Jr. All right. Congrats so, congrats, to you everyone. Guys. Well done. And again, if you have not done so yet, you can still be in the running. Uh, if you're not one of the winners today on Facebook and Twitter, you still can win on Instagram. So, pop on over there, follow the rules, and uh, you can be put in the running, and we'll pick that winner next week. So, we're back to Mondays next week, Pete. Monday show. Let's get it. Back on track. I guess we'll keep it at noon if that's okay with you. Yeah. So back on track on Mondays. Uh, if you're listening afterwards, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, all that. We appreciate your listens. Make sure you subscribe. Leave a leave a comment or leave a leave a rating and uh, all that good stuff. Um, it's been a fun show. Very good show. Hopefully, uh, migraine free show. Migraine free. Hopefully, Tebow gets a hit this week so all the the people down there can get all fired up in Florida. And uh, I think that's it. We, we cover everything. I think we got it all in. We got it all in. I like the Q&A. We could do that going forward. Cool. And uh, we'll uh, we'll make it happen. Can I shout out my grandma and my mom that are watching right oh now? Oh, boy. All right. If you want to do that. Quickly. <laughs> Hi, Mimi. Hi, Mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, guys. So see you next week. That's an orange and blue thing. And uh, let's go Mets.